What up, what up? Good afternoon, everyone. We are, uh, I'm excited. We are excited with the DI Alliance to have my cousin here today, uh, <laughs> Reverend Michelle D. Williams, and author of the Diversity Playbook. Michelle, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. It's good to be here with you, Brian. Yeah, excited about it, excited about it. So, obviously, you being my cousin, I'm really biased to how amazing you are. <laughs> but let's talk about a little bit about you and your journey. Uh, this book is coming out November 2nd. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Next Tuesday. Yeah. November 2nd is the launch. So you can pre-order it on Amazon. Uh, and we talk a lot about diversity, equity, inclusion with this alliance. And we're aligned with all these different coaches from different walks and different uh, backgrounds. So how did you kind of get into the space of yes. to write a book like this? How did you get into diversity, equity, inclusion space? And What's your educational kind of background to lead to all this stuff? Sure, 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 sure. Well, I, uh, my education background, I have a bachelor's in psychology. Um, so I came out of college working um, as a social worker, um, working with different populations. Um, I did some work with family and children. Um, I did some work in, in Tulsa with big brothers and sisters. Um, and I just start seeing the disparities, the poverty disparities and, and how those disparities kind of um, go along uh, racial lines. And I thought, hmm, you know, what's going on here? Um, and I decided to go back and get my master's. Um, for me, I wanted to kind of kind of ground my work in faith. So I went to a seminary. Um, and actually on that campus, um, the graduate seminaries across uh, the valley from the undergrad side of the house. Uh, so one day I was walking across the valley um, after finishing some classes and going to the parking lot and met up with someone who said, stop me and said, hey, are you Michelle? And I'm thinking, yeah. Um, and uh, it turns out that they had an opening for a director of multicultural student services at this um, private Christian school. Um, in Indiana. And so I went through the process and now my background was social work and, and ministry. So I didn't have any intercultural communications. Um, and so no background in uh, what you would consider diversity, equity, or inclusion, right? I'm just right. black. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, the social work background really, really helped when I got into it because I was able to to use some of those skill sets of of listening, um, of right. empathy, of uh, relating well to other people um, in diverse situations and, and 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 in situations of crisis, right? Um, so I served as a multicultural student services director at that um, institution for about three years and then was promoted to the director of the Cultural Resource Center on campus. So I oversaw saw all of the cultural programming um, and our international students, our multicultural students. Um, and I did that for um, about seven years and then went into um, uh, an, a student affairs position, which is assistant dean of students, where I worked even more with um, we would call a majority culture students, right? So I still had all these hats. I wasn't, I was still the director of multicultural student services, the director of cultural resource center and an assistant dean, but it, I brought in my influence, right? So I wasn't just coming into the room talking about diversity and how can we all get along? Now I was leading leadership um, development 
uh, with SGA, right? And throwing in, how can we all get along, right? right, right. <laughs> and making sure that when I walked into the space, they knew that I was still that diversity professional, um, but um, that this person who happened to embody a, a Black um, skin and be a female is now in a leadership position uh, with student government. Um, and so it just, it, it helped me, it helped them to see a person of color in that position. Um, I then went on to um, be a Dean of Students um, at a seminary in the um, Boston area. And so again, opportunity to uh, model what excellence looks like in, in black skin um, and bring this whole notion of um, equity um, and inclusion to the table so that, so that all voices are heard no matter uh, what they look like, no matter how much money they have. Um, right. And that's important when you get into higher education worlds and you start sitting at different tables, at board tables, you know, things like um, um, uh, the wealth gap matter. Right. Like you only want people on your board who have a certain amount of money and those people look the same and are the same age. And right. after a while, you know, th th you have limited perspective because you don't bring in um, different voices. So that's kind of how I got in the field. I've been doing it now uh, for about 16 years, um, loving every minute of it, hating some of the minutes of it. You know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's truth. <laughs> Right, right. It's like, and being disappointed, the whole gamut of emotions, right? You know, having those high highs and those low lows, um, but I wouldn't trade trade it for the world. Yeah, that's a definitely diverse background, even within the space. So yeah, uh, yeah, and now Brian, I'm doing consulting. Um, so I I work with some of those higher ed institutions that I right. that I worked at now. And I'm working with some nonprofits and, um, um, yeah, it, talking about diversity from an organizational perspective and throwing in those stories that experiences and experiences that I had um, in my roles and what I right. heard my students say. So, right. Right. No, I love the I love the diversity in roles. Right. So we have this in, in college athletics or college coaching if you've kind of worked your way up the totem pole and had uh, administrative positions, recruiting positions, coach offense, coach defense, then you become a head coach. Well, now you have this diversified experience yeah. that has shaped you. So yours sounds like it's very similar. And now you're almost mm -hmm. to the AD level and consult level to mm -hmm. where um, you've been at those other spots. So you can relate, mm -hmm. which I think is really important. How do you, what would you kind of say is some of the things that you picked up along the way, having those different spots? And then mm -hmm. what do you think this is this two part question? What do you think about the current kind of state of when you deal with, or you interact with administrators at higher education, mm -hmm. what's some of the biggest things that they're wanting to get your expertise on? Because for most people, this is such a topic that they sure. don't know a lot about. And it's kind yep. of a new it's a new wave of positions that are being filled and positions mm -hmm. are being created. Um, so w what would you say? I know that's a two part question. What would you say you got from those different positions you had? And then also what would you say is kind of one of the, some of the bigger things that schools and people are asking you to come yeah. in? With? Great questions. I um, One of the things I definitely picked up was 
the need to be self-aware. Mm. Like I needed to, in all of those roles, know where my level of competency was, right? Mm. Somebody's asking me a question. I'm thinking, okay, I'm not going to have this answer, but I know someone who does, right? And right. if you ask me in two weeks, I'm going to have that answer, right? <laughs> so figuring out um, how, how I... Um, where I stood in the moment, how self-aware I was, like, am I comfortable in my own skin? Right. And um, where where are my knowledge gaps? Like, where are those spaces where I need to refer out to someone? Um, and and to, to this day, I'm still asking those questions. Like, where are my knowledge gaps? Right. Um, because the, the last thing you want to do is walk into a, to a space where somebody's paying you to be the subject matter expert, right? right, right, right. <laughs> and you don't have the answers. Um, but I think some of the most humanizing, the most humanizing moments of my life have been to recognize that in that moment, I don't have the answer, but I know who does. Right. And right. so being able to say, you know what, let me get back with you. And while I'm getting back with you, um, you know, that person down the street really wrote a book on this. So, you know, making sure I have resources in the, right. in my back pocket when I, when I, you know, cause I don't know everything when right. I'm asked a question that stumps me um, that's been huge. So being self-aware, um, this the second uh, thing I would say to your, what I've learned along the way is um, I need other people. Like I've, I've got to have, um, it goes back to the self-aware and, and being able to refer people and resources. I've got to have um, a network of folks to be able to support me, number one. <laughs> Number one, support me um, right. in this role. Number two, be able to call on them when I don't know the answers right. Right. So, you know, the community is huge. That you know, having that support network and and being self aware. I think those are two of the big ones. Um, so, for the second, um, the second part of your question in terms yeah. of consulting, now, I. Um, I would say I use those two things that I learn in the in the consulting space for sure. But the things that people are asking are about statements, are mm. about how do we show our people that we care, that mm. that we see them, that we hear them, that we understand them. How do we move this uh, beyond performative allyship or making a statement, you know, on our website? Um, how do I actualize diversity, equity, and inclusion in my space? And how can I measure that, right? It's, right. So it feels untangible. Right. Um, but there are so many tools out there now that are being developed. Um, we have a model that we developed in the book um, just to help people um, measure outcomes, you know, in terms of diversity, how far is, is our climate welcoming is, you know, what can we do um, to, for, to make our organization a more welcoming and inclusive space? Right. Good. What would you say if you had to say maybe one answer or give a little bit from the book, mm -hmm. what is one of those ways that you can tangibly show it in, mm -hmm. let's say, an athletic department? Let's mm -hmm. say not, not so much a campus, but in the athletic department, how can you show that? And then 
how can you measure that if you had to give yeah if i'm putting you on the spot i know <laughs> no it's good stuff i um it, you know this is a um phrase that I use in training. It's a quote from theorist uh, Jean Baker Miller. She says, people want to feel seen, heard, and mm. understood. Mm. Say that again. People want to feel seen, heard, and understood. So my question to organizations are, how can you demonstrate to your employees that you hear them? How can you as a coach demonstrate to your players that you understand them, that you see them? So what are some of the tangible ways? Well, let's make sure that there's a feedback mechanism and that, you know, it can be anonymous. I mean, let's make sure that that player has knows they have access to that coach um, mm. in different in a variety of different ways. Right. Um, Let's make sure that there's some public affirmation when people do things well. Right. Uh, you know, those those tangible things that make people feel like they're valued. Right. Uh, and they go such a long way. Um, so th that's kind of one of the, there's a lot of other good things in the book, but people will have to get the book to. <laughs> for, sure, for sure. Can't give away all of it. Can't give right. away all of it. Uh, now you did say, we'll get into uh, the book a little bit. You did say, there's some points in time you do need that person down the street who wrote a book. Well, you wrote a book, right? You and your co-author co with, with your other author. Yes. Her name is uh, Dr. Michelle Lloyd page. So we're two Michelles Yeah, and that can be a little confusing in the book. So we try to, <laughs> we try to tell you which Michelle is talking. <laughs> so tell me, what is it like now that you've written a book? What was the process like? And then what did you get from it as you were kind of going in this deep dive in diversity and giving the playbook to others? What did you kind of take away in the process? Oh, man, um, the process was amazing. I, I will have to say, um, Michelle and I have been friends for years. Uh, we met at a conference um, and instantly it was a connection. Um, you know, we're like minded. Um, and she was talking about. Um, she, she was saying something and I thought, oh, I, I need to chat with this person after, you know, this meeting and we connected and over the years we'd be in the same circles and we were in the same coaching network. We went to a multi-ethnic strategic alliance coaching, um, nice. network. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, but it was, um, it was a quarterly thing where we met every, and we kept getting together saying we need to write a book because ours are, you know, the things we're going through, our experiences, um, the challenges are very similar. Um, and, and we were able to feed off of one another. The synergy was there. Um, so and it, it carried over through the book writing process. She would say something and I'd be like, yes. Oh, we've got it. You know, so it was that type of it was that type of process. Um, and I'm really grateful because I've heard, you know, different stories from other people who co-author books of how difficult it was. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't trade it. It, it was a it was a blessing. Um, and I'm thinking about your, the other parts of your you question. A, you got a few quick shout outs that keep popping up. I, I see that. Hello, family. Hello. You know, some of these people. I know some of those people. We're, giving, we're getting some quick family shout outs. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So keep going. What was the, what was the uh, second part to the answer you were going to say? Okay. 
So um, you asked about what I've taken away from the process. Yeah. Um, everything that's worth something takes time and patience. Mm. Yeah. You know, we, and this has been a process of about three years of and writing this book. And we thought when we were done writing it, it was over, but we, you know, you learn something about the publishing world and uh, you learn through your rejections, right? <laughs> it was like a rejection note. I'm thinking, what? And the process it takes to, to have the courage to get back that out there and submit another manuscript to another publisher, you know? Right. Um, and then finding a publisher who starts critiquing your work and you're thinking, wait a minute, you don't know anything about diversity, equity, inclusion, right? Right, right. <laughs> but they know publishing, right? So, um, you know, that, that, that humility that comes with sucking it up and at the end thinking, man, they were right. You know, this is a much better book now because of the critique and, and hearing the, the constructive feedback. So, yeah, all of that. It's been such a learning experience and it's taken much longer than we anticipate. But Tuesday's coming, right? <laughs> Tuesday's coming. Tuesday's coming. So, again, people can get the book. I got the book on Amazon. I think mm-hmm. I got it before you did, if I'm not mistaken. You did. I don't I want did. to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a couple of our whole diversity, equity, inclusion, alliance team all has books that have been. Yay. So, yeah, we got everybody books. So, we'll we'll be reading and getting the playbook uh, ourselves so we can good, good. To promote more good and uh, connect yeah. to more um, positive solutions mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, diversity in our workplaces. So, uh, what's some of the what's if you had to pick two nuggets hmm. from the book that you would want people to share before they actually buy the book themselves? What would they be? We got another shout out from from our from our cousin Robin. Robin is my stylist. We have to thank her today and yes, for the rest of the it. book tour. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's a fitting role for her. I can see. Yeah, that. she's amazing. She's, she's amazing. She does. She does great work for anyone who is looking for a stylist. Yes. Um, gosh, takeaways. You know, I feel like with the aftermath of um, the killing of George Floyd and yeah. um, just this, these two pandemics that we're living in, right? We're living through yeah. the the health, the pandemic of COVID, and then this, this highlight on the racial disparities. Right. Um, that have come along with that. Um, it's time for people to take these things seriously. Mm. Um, and this book gives you concrete nuggets and answers. I there I, I read a lot. Um, and I'm biased, but I have to say there is no book on diversity that's gonna tell you from three different perspectives. So the perspective of the diversity professional, the perspective of that person who's an ally or an outlier, they don't know quite where they fit in this conversation Mm -hmm. or a co-conspirator, like they're really, they're in it. Um, And the perspective of the organization. Um, And that's why we called it a playbook because we feel yeah. like we have these three different perspectives and three different audiences, um, much like there's players and coaches or yeah. much like there's, you know, um, coaches or uh, multiple um, 
positions on a team. Um, everybody right. has their role to play. And the reason why I believe, why we believe that diversity efforts fail is because everybody's not reading the same playbook. Mm. I mean, you know, you have the, the organization over here reading these um, change management books and you got the diversity professional just trying to get um, an IV drip because they're on the front lines. <laughs> and, and this person in the middle who has no idea how to support. So I feel like the book um, gives everyone one playbook. So you know, okay, as an organization, this is what I need to do. And that diversity professional knows what you know now. So there's accountability. Um, there's accountability and everyone is reading the same playbook. So I feel like that is what makes it unique and stand out. Yeah. 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 That's so that's why, hey, if, if you're in any of those roles or if you don't know, you know, what role you should take in, in advancing um, diversity, equity, inclusion within your team or um, within your organization, it's a good place to start. Yep, that makes sense. So the playbook gives, if I'm not mistaken, kind of like suggestions and guidelines mm -hmm. to basically kind of steer you in this unknown place for most people when it comes to how to deal with it in their workplace. It's mm -hmm. one thing to feel like, well, I'm diverse or I'm different than this person and this person's different than me. But when you're trying to make everybody on one team, whether that's an organization, a church, whatever mm -hmm. the case, may be, an athletic department, a school, uh, you do need that playbook and that guide to kind of steer everybody on the same page mm -hmm. because one person's interpretation may be different than another. Um, so that's 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 really good. I love it. Um, yeah. What are you excited about about the launch? What can people kind of look forward to or what what mm -hmm. should people be continuing to? tap into from yourself and the co-author if there yeah. is it may, it may just be as simple as buy the book and then yeah. apply what you see what what would you say to people that are interested in the book want to buy the book gonna buy the mm -hmm. book yeah so definitely buy the book um and you know if you if it resonates with you would love for you to leave a, a review on amazon or you know wherever you purchased it from um, but also there are conversation starters in the book. Right. We understand and we know, Michelle and I, that diversity happens with, you cannot do this work as a solo person. It happens within community. Um, and so you have to have these conversations with one another. Um, it's great to read it off in the corner by yourself, but you can't actualize right. it until you talk with someone about it. Um, so we are developing a manual um, for for right. groups, you know, to like, uh, let's do a Bible study about this. You know, it it is intentionally Christian, but there are some crossovers that we know that's that are applicable for secular audiences. Um, right. But yeah, we can we're easily going to develop a Bible study curriculum uh, on it and an organizational playbook or manual where you can just take it with your teams and you know, let dive into those, those points that are, that are relevant for you. Um, yeah. This, so along with the manuals, we're also um, already have established a um, glow retreat. Um, it's called good looking out. And it's specifically uh, for um, diversity professionals and uh, diversity professionals in, um, in a loose sense, right. You don't have to have 
uh, right. diversity in your name to be a diversity professor, professional. Right. But those who are on the front lines doing the work, we have a retreat in May um, where we're going to dive into, you know, the, this. these are some, from our experiences. These are some self-care tips. Here are some equipping things. This is some networking. This is a networking space. So really self-care, equipping, and networking are going to be our focuses for that group in May. So that's a little bit about what's coming up next. Uh, We are available for conferences and speaking and um, consulting. Um, Our heart is to help people um, reach their diversity goals. Um, We want organizations to succeed because when organizations succeed, people succeed and people people are what matters. In, in, In this work, it's about people. No doubt. So we're not done yet, but how do people get in touch with you or how do people find you? I don't want to give away something that I'm not supposed to, but what's the best way for them to kind of tap into you or to your co-author? Sure. Uh, www.diversity slash playbook.com. So it's not a slash, it's a dash. So it's www.diversity-playbook.com. Playbook. Gonna make this easy for me. You tell me if this is correct. Pulling at the bottom. Is that correct? That's it. All right. So you have the information there at the bottom. We're kind of getting near the close. I have one more kind of semi-serious question, and then we'll get to the fun, (laughs) silly question. Uh, So you mentioned earlier, kind of about the concept of uh, board members and people that may be of the same class Mm -hmm. the same uh background probably Mm -hmm. probably same race not very diverse group but a lot of times and we find this in athletics a lot those people often can be the decision makers at the top absolutely and so i guess two-part question Mm -hmm. um what would you suggest to those that are not at that level but know that they need to be hired by the people that are at that level and then what would you suggest to those that are at that level Mm -hmm. so maybe used to we hire what we're familiar with we hire what we're comfortable with so how do what would you say to that person who may not have that diverse network Mm -hmm. or sure um, kind of uh people that they can reach out to to because there's many positions in a athletic department it's not just football coach or just a basketball coach we're talking about the head coaches should reflect some diversity as well whether that's absolutely there should be more females hired there should be more minority it should look more mm-hmm. like the student athletes so absolutely what would you say if you had suggestions on both sides and then we'll get to the fun stuff sure oh gosh um you know one of the things that that really make a difference is making the business case for diversity so what I mean by that is if you are, um, you know, an, an assistant head coach and you, you're wanting to move up and you want to be on that board level, um, pulling out the, the, the statistics, because there are a lot of them uh, about why diversity matters and how it makes organizations better. Um, because you have all these incredibly diverse perspectives, how it makes organizations more money. It does. There are there are significant studies done um, 
I'm going to mess up the name, McKinsey, McKinsey, the McKinsey Report um, has an incredible report that they just did on um, women in board seats. Um, and they break down the business case, how, you know, it's um, in, in terms of innovation, those boards are more innovative. They're making more money. Those organizations are making more money. Um, and um, the supply chain is broadening. You're bringing more people around the table um, and, and have access to, to, to more people. So um, I would say do your homework and make sure you can make a business case for why diversity matters. And we can be talking about, um, we can be talking about um, um, LGBTQ diversity, diversity in every sphere, why it matters. Um, so make that business case. And then if you are at that level, um, hear the business case. Um, anyone at that level wants to know how they can make their organization better. Um, so, uh, you know, do your own research. Um, you know, I hear people say, why should I take this seriously? Um, because we know the demographics in the United States are changing. Um, that's a fact. It's a given fact. And it's, a, and it's the reason why people are retreating in fear um, uh, but it is also the reason why we should embrace it. Um, you know, why retreat in fear? Let's embrace it and figure out how we can all thrive together. Uh, so I would say do everyone do your research on, on why this, why diversity matters and how it's going to benefit us, um, as an organization outside of, um, the moral ethical, um, you know, cases. Let's make a business case for it. Um, and that means your your budget projections, um, your supplier chains and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah. So now my last couple questions. One, what's the biggest thing for you you feel like that you're most proud of now that you've come to the other side? Because it's a championship moment, so we need to celebrate that. Yeah. is coming, but you know, in athletics and sports, it's all about winning championships um, and helping impact young people for their life so they can continue to be champions, right? So you know this book will be impactful, um, but you've accomplished a championship yourself to be able to have that moment where it's like, I mean, the book is, I have it over there. I probably should go get it so I can hold yeah, it. Up. Yeah, you should. So you can hold I'm gonna, it up. I'm going to do that in just a second. But while you answer this question, what are you most satisfied or proud of yourself and then I'm going to ask you a funny story about family. Okay. Um, I think I am most proud of the fact that I was able to step away from, from a role. Um, I took a sabbatical um, to, to, to write this book alongside Michelle Lloyd Page um, I'm most proud of the fact that I honored my boundaries um, and I did not work full time while I wrote. Um, for me, I needed to step away from doing diversity work to actually write about it. Um, I, I, After the book was done being written and we're going through the process, I did start doing a lot of consulting and that was fun. But I did take a year off um, to travel um, and, and to write. And it was the best thing that I ever could have done because um, it, I rested, 
I was able to see the world um, and it sparked more curiosity and more questions. Um, so I'm grateful that I honor my own boundaries and I took some time off. Um, yeah, that's, that's the one thing I'm grateful for um, in, in the process and just having an amazing co-author um, and being able to to do this labor of love with her. Um, we're already dreaming up our second book. Uh, can't give you the name of it, but we're um, we're we're excited about this journey together. Um, and for me, that solidifies that this work happens in community, and mm-hmm. you can't do it on your own. Yes, the best work. We're uh, again in coaching community, athletic community. We know we definitely need each other. We thrive in that teamwork environment. Uh, I love that. And, and quick insight for those that don't know our journey, not that you're supposed to. But it's funny, the same time we both were kind of going through this phase mm-hmm. of challenge, um, I moved to Indiana and I was probably two, an hour from Dayton, not yep. too far, and you were in Dayton mm-hmm. and we got to spend Thanksgiving there with the oh, whole family so on that side. Yeah, it was a blast and uh, it's just awesome. I want to take a second to celebrate you because I know during that mm-hmm. time it probably felt a little bit dark and not as light as it is now. It's mm-hmm. amazing to see you glowing again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just in life, we all have those challenges that mm-hmm. she's going to strike. And you really probably had to go outside of the box to do what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. And you did take that time for yourself mm-hmm. and you did take that time away and look at what it's developed into. So mm-hmm. uh, and I'm blessed to say at the same time, shortly after you did and you were in that space, uh, I took a page from your book and did the same uh, kind of thing last year. Yes. And you know, here we are. We're both uh, yes. celebrating new life. So here is the book. This, this is the playbook <laughs> itself. Live in the flesh. You see it. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. It is a, uh easy read. I've already started reading to it. I love the, the, the kind of outline question. Kind of gives you some things to think about as you're going through it. Uh, very well organized, easy read. And uh, yeah, I think people are going to love it. So I'm excited for for the release on the second. And then lastly, you got to end with a funny story. It can be family. Story. It, can be, it can be writing this book. It can be, uh, if you have one on me, feel free. Uh, you got open range. If you have one on me, <laughs> it's chimed in too. You can, you, can, you can get them too. Well, you know what? I don't know if it's funny. Um, it is a great memory of you though. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we went. We came to Thanksgiving at you all's house, um, and your mom made oyster dressing. I'll never forget. Okay. It was the first okay. time I had oyster dressing, um, and you guys are running around like so. I'm the the oldest female cousin. Yeah. Um, and so the guys are running around, they were doing their thing. And Brian has always been this charismatic person, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Aunt Cherry and her oyster dressing. I just saw her shout yes. out. Yes. Um, so, you know, just loud. And I was like, ah, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> but your dad came out and I have a picture um, um, he was doing something. He was like, he's messing with you. I was like, yes. So he grabbed you and put him on his, <laughs> belt, put right. you on his shoulder and, right. and start tickling you or something like that. I mean, it was just one of those great memories of 
family being together. Um, and I thought, oh, I can always count on my Uncle Kirby. He had my back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he was tickling. I don't know if I remember that part. I remember more spankings than tickling. Well, you know what? I don't think he was tickling. I think it was just one of those. He had you up here, and he was kind of, you were, you're like, he's coming, oh, to, the, he's coming, to, he's coming to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So happy. Thanks for joining us today. Again, you can get the book on Amazon. You can go to the website. It's at the bottom scroll. Um, if you're on Twitter, you can follow um, Michelle. We have the Twitter in the in the title here, and you can find this on YouTube as well. We'll also be on Spotify and Apple Music here pretty soon, so you'll get that release yes. probably in the next couple weeks, so uh, you can replay this and share it. And yeah, we got a couple more shout outs. So yeah, any last words for you as as we close and then we'll 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 close you know it out. What? I'm just really ditto, I'm proud of you, cousin. Um keep up the good work. Um DEI is not an easy space to be in, but you know the coaching space uh space and you know you're learning the DEI stuff and I'm sure you guys are gonna thrive because I know you and whatever you put your hands to succeeds. Thank you. Thank you very much. We are honored to have an expert here today, an author. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have the book so we will be putting the playbook in play and we'll be sharing it uh with as many people as we can and keep up the great work. It's not easy work but it's needed work and I love mm -hmm. the quote needed you said work. earlier. Yes. People People want to feel seen, heard, and understood. So and understood. If, you don't get anything, if you don't get anything else from this, <laughs> understand how important that is. So love yeah. you, cuz. Love uh, you, too. Our launch on the second. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs>